You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Thank you for tuning in once again tonight. We're going to be in the book of Philippians tonight, and we're going to talk about being a difference maker. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've, it's my heart's desire to be a difference maker. I want to make a difference in people's lives. I'm so thankful for people that have invested and sacrificed, uh, that have made a difference for me. And uh, we learn about a man that made a difference. We're continuing in our series on Philippians that we've been doing on Wednesday nights. And we, last week we learned about Timothy. And this week we're going to learn about uh, the other half of the dynamic duo, uh, Epaphroditus, in Philippians chapter number 2. And verse 25, the Bible says, Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, that he may, that he, and he that ministered to my wants. All right, so I want to talk to you about the difference maker tonight. Now, one of the cool things about Epaphroditus is he was a difference maker. Now, oftentimes in the scripture, when we think about the difference, a difference maker, we think about people like Paul or Peter, some of these great saints of God. But when we think about Epaphroditus, as far as we know, uh, we don't know that he ever actually got up and preached a message or that he was even a teacher. But one thing we do know, we don't know so much about what he didn't do, but about what he did. We know very little about his ability. But what he had was the most important ability, and that's availability. And if we're going to be difference makers, that's the big question. See, Epaphroditus wasn't a man that sat around talking about all the things that he could not do, but what he did was focused on what he could do. And there's plenty to do. God wants to use your life. He's placed you on this earth for a reason. And I'm telling you, it's not just about getting all you can and canning all you get, so to speak. It's about blessing the lives of someone else. And so this man, Epaphroditus, was available. Uh, and so if he, had a, if he had a slogan in life, it probably would have been something like this. Anywhere, anyone, anything, any cost all for Christ. He was a difference maker that put it all on the line, as we'll see just here in a moment. Then I ask you the question this evening, what would you be willing to give? What would you be willing to uh, sacrifice or to risk in order to make a difference in somebody else's life? You know, I think currently in the pandemic, you know, a lot's been said and should be about the healthcare workers, those that are out on the front lines, even those in the service industry that are risking illness and isolation in order to make a difference. Uh, Samaritan's Purse is a great story there. Franklin Graham called uh, the, the ruler of Spain and, uh, I'm sorry, of Italy and said, do you guys need some help? And they went and set up mobile hospital units over there in Italy. Um, and the same thing that uh, they're, they're now doing the same thing in Central Park. Uh, they're making a difference. They're making a risk. But not only are they trying to help people physically, they're also telling people about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just think that's uh, a couple stories that we can relate to right now to where people that are uh, for uh, risking themselves to a certain extent in order to make a difference. History tells of a large group in Alexandria, Egypt called the Parabolonii. These were people that risked their lives in visiting the sick and burying the dead during one of the ancient plagues. 
Christians have done this in every type of crisis and plague and famine and pandemic throughout the centuries, laying it on the line, trying to make a difference in the lives of someone else. So let's consider some lessons tonight from Epaphroditus, a faithful servant of Christ. The first thing about Epaphroditus, I really appreciate this, he was tough. He was tough. He was an intrepid member of the Philippian church who risked his health and life to carry their missionary offering to the apostle in Rome. In chapter 4, verse 18 of the book of Philippians, the Bible says, But I have all and abound, I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet uh, smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So he made this trip to deliver the missionary offering to the Apostle Paul. And then he had to return, so he delivered from the church at Philippi the money that they had to take care of their missionary. And may we not forget about our missionaries during times like this. Uh, but then he took the trip back to Philippi carrying the letter, carrying the letter, this epistle of Philippians that was written to his local church. Uh, and so he was, uh, but, but the reason I say he was tough is because, just to get a little bit of context, the journey that he took from Philippi to Rome was 4,600 miles of, of trip. I mean, through uh, very uh, dangerous terrain, in the midst of dangerous uh, perils as far as uh, robbers and other dangers along the 4,600-mile trip, one way he took. Now, it was a tough enough trip and a dangerous enough trip, but then once he got to Rome, the danger really was just beginning because now he went right up to the prison and he associated with, Rome, with Paul. And by associating with Paul, he caught the attention of Nero. And I'm telling you, the persecution of Christians was on the rise and it was about, the, 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 the dam was about to break uh, of persecution on Christians. But this man, that was not what was on his mind. There was a job to be done. There was a difference to be made. Remember what we said about him? Anywhere, anyone, anytime, any cost, all for Christ. He was tough. And just to, to get a little idea of an example of what, what does 4,600 miles look like? That would be like uh, starting off in Tallahassee, Florida and going all the way to Anchorage, Alaska and then going another 100 miles actually to get to 4,600. That's a long trip today, but it's especially a long trip uh, back in this first century. Now, uh, but what was it? He was tough, but what was his toughness driven by? Because you may be sitting there and saying, well, I'm, I'm not very tough. I'm not very intrepid. Uh, but the thing is, is you can be. Why? Because the Bible says in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Love is what drove this man. And love is what can make you tough as well. Because perfect love casteth out fear. And this love is an agape love. It is a love that loves, not, not thinking of what it's getting in return, but it's love that loves because th there's a need. And this reminds me a little bit, when I think about Epaphroditus making this long trip at, to Rome and then back from Rome, and as we're going to see in just a moment, when he was in Rome, he became deathly ill. He almost died of illness. Uh, but it reminds me of an ancient story of Philippides. 
In August 490 BC, the Greeks defeated the Persians at the Battle of Marathon. Philippides was sent from Marathon to the city of Athens to inform the anxious magistrates of the victory. Philippides ran the entire way without stopping, 26.2 miles and from Marathon. Thus, uh, we have people that run marathons today. When he arrived in Athens, he burst into the assembly and he shouted, Sharome uh, Niki, which is rejoice, we have won. And then he fell dead. So it's a heroic story, uh, but the point is, is he ran all that way with a message. He ran with a message that was going to make a difference to those people that were there in Athens. Epaph Epaphroditus, he made a difference in the life of the Apostle Paul. He made a difference in the life of his local church, the Philippian, the, the Philippian church. I believe he probably made a difference coming and going as well. So first of all, we see that he was tough. And, but not only do we see that he was tough, we also see his ties, his ties. In other words, his family ties. His name reveals something of his background. He is named after the pagan deity Aphrodite. Aphrodite is an ancient Greek goddess associated with love, beauty, pleasure, and passion. Uh, the, the Roman equivalent is Venus. So that, that's what his name was. He was named after a pagan goddess. But I like what Paul calls him. Paul calls him brother. <laughs> Paul calls him brother, says he's a faithful brother. You know what that teaches us? It doesn't matter where you come from, but it matters where you're going. Your family doesn't determine your future. Your background doesn't determine where you're going. I'm glad, praise God, God can take people from all kinds of different backgrounds, pagan backgrounds just like Epaphroditus, and use you for the glory and honor of God. Don't fall into the mentality of using excuses for why you can't make a difference. The way you were treated, the way you were raised, and your family and so forth. Epaphroditus didn't use that excuse. He said, yes, I was raised a certain way, but now my life is for Christ, and I want to just give what I can to the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. So his ties. By the way, that's one of the great things I want to say here about Paul calling him a faithful <clears throat> brother in verse 25. He says, my brother. Paul calls him brother. And what Paul does so well throughout the New Testament is he emphasizes the family spirit in the church. Now, one of the things I just want to praise the Lord for right here for a moment is this. I thank God for Elk Point Baptist Church. When we first started the book of Philippians, uh, in my studies of Philippians, I'm reminded of you wonderful people in Elk Point Baptist Church. I mean, just a loving group of people, a working group of people. I mean, just the people that care for one another, a group of people that care. Listen, if you've never been here, the kind of people we got at this church, if you come in that door, they're going to love you. They're going to care about you. Why? Because Jesus loves you and care about, cares about you. And you can see the love of Christ coming through some of the great people here. And that's what it was. And I like what it says there, brother, the family spirit, because I miss you folks. Amen. I love the opportunity to be able to preach to you like this but I miss getting to see you and talk to you and fellowship and laugh and I miss your uh, faces and so forth uh, why because we're family man we're brothers and sisters in Christ and there's a unity here see uh, 
This, this is not about just religion. It's about a relationship, amen? This is family. And I thank God for the family that we have here uh, in, uh, at Elk Point. But, uh, but his ties. But not only do we see that he was tough, we see his ties. But thirdly, we see that he was trustworthy. He was trustworthy. Uh, he could be trusted, number one, with money. Remember what I said earlier? Chapter 4, verse 13, or chapter 4 uh, of the book of Philippians, verse 18, uh, where the Bible says that he took the offering. They gave this man money and trusted him, number one, that he wouldn't get into the money on his journey, but number two, they had to trust him that he'd be able to protect the money on his journey. He could be trusted with money. And I'm telling you, uh, if you I, I, this this the current pandemic gives you an opportunity to learn how to mo handle money better, doesn't it? Uh, and so there's a good opportunity there. But but this man was trustworthy. He could be trusted with money. He could be trusted with the message. He could be trusted with the message. 25b it says that he was a minister, uh, that he was a messenger. He came with a message uh, for the Philippian people. He was a messenger, so he could be trusted with the message. And that word messenger right there is cool. I want to look at two things about it real quickly. Number one, the New Testament application to this word is apostle, sent one. Uh, so when Paul said he's a messenger, what he was saying was he was holding him in high regard. And so he was saying that the Lord sent Ephroditus unto me, Epaphroditus unto me. This particular word was also on the Old Testament side used to describe temple service. And so when he talks about this regular, ordinary man, he uses the word that's for apostle, but he also uses the word for one that would work and labor in the temple. Now think with me just for a second what this man did. He wasn't preaching. He wasn't building churches. What did he do? He just took some money and he went across the country for the cause of Christ. And he came with blessings and greetings to Paul. Then Paul gave him a letter, he stuck that letter in his satchel, and off he went back home again. See, now to a lot of people, the things that, that you do may not seem like they add up to much. But there's a very important reminder here with Epaphroditus, and it's this. See, other people may just look at the things that, that people do that don't add up to much. And if you're not careful, you can look at the things that you do and say, well, it's not really ministry. It's, you know, it's just secular. But I'm telling you, there's a sacredness in everyday service for him. Things that are totally disregarded by others. Let me tell you something. God's keeping a record. God's keeping a record, amen? Uh, there is nothing secular that is done for Jesus' sake. Uh, we're, we're currently doing some remodeling here at the church. Uh, and I'm, this has kind of given us the opportunity to take our time with some of that. Uh, but we're doing some remodeling here at the church. And, uh, man, we've got people up here working. We've got Mark that's up here working uh, all the time. We've got others that come by. We've got people that bring food. Uh, you know, just for an example. Now, people don't know he's up here, and he's fine with that. But you know what? God knows he's up here. God is keeping record of that. Uh, we we, we uh, tore out uh, some stuff, uh, and we had a big pile of debris out in front of the church. Well, I was trying to, you know, inquire about getting a dump truck or something and uh, load it up and haul it off. But when I pulled up to the church this evening, guess what? That was all gone. Amen. I don't know who done that. I've got a good idea. But God knows who did it. 
Well, that's secular. It's just some guy coming out, working, throwing stuff on back of a truck and taking and hauling it off. No, it's not. It's somebody doing something for God. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, you know, uh, my daughter and son-in-law helping with the live stream. They're not on this side of the camera, but they're on that other side of the camera. They're making a difference. Whatever it is you're doing, you're praying, you're giving, you're writing letters, you're sending notes, you're doing something. I'm telling you, God's keeping a record of that. And so he was trusted. He was trusted with the money. He was trusted with the message. You and I have a message, and some of that message can just be flat out getting out and doing what God uh, would have us to do. It's cool. When the, when the Bible talks about spiritual gifts, one of the spiritual gifts that aren't as heralded as the others is the gift of helps. And there's a lot of people that have the gift of helps that work behind the scenes. It's just as much a spiritual gift as anything else, uh, uh, getting up and preaching or what have you. I want to say something else about being trusted with the message. When he came back from Rome, he came back with the book of Philippians, and he did not feel inclined to have to change anything that was in the message. You know why? It was not his message to change. And I just want to say, add, to that, add this tonight. Each of us have a message to deliver, amen? We got a gospel to share, and it's not up to us to change what God's Word says. It's up to us just to deliver God's mail, amen? Be faithful. Uh, I heard years ago, there's too many people that are out there trying to be God's public relations man, you know? Uh, we don't need to be God's public relations people. Uh, we just need to deliver what thus saith the Lord. We just need to, to deliver the mail. So he was trustworthy. He was trusted with the money. He was trusted with the message. Uh, number three, he was trusted with the ministry. I like what Paul says about him here in Philippians chapter 2 verse 25. The Bible says he's my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier but your messenger in that he ministered unto my wants. So the ministry he was trusted with the ministry. He was a balanced Christian. He was a brother in the family. He was a worker in the field and he was a soldier in the fight. Now, I can't speak much to this, but I think about when he calls him a fellow soldier. Um, you know, when I think about those that have been involved in combat, soldiers, there's a bond among you soldiers that can only be understood by you, right? But I'm telling you, so there's a bond here in the fight. And so sometimes as Christians, we get into the battle together, and there's a bond there. But he says, this man's a brother, a worker, and a soldier. He's balanced. See, some people try to get too emphasized on uh, one side or the other. So he was a brother, which speaks of fellowship. Some people get so hung up on the fellowship that they forget about the furtherance of the gospel. I heard uh, Dr. Ironside, I heard about him years ago, saying that he heard about a church that had a... Uh, a sign out in front of the church. They hung up a sign out in front of the church that said, Jesus only, Jesus only. But the wind blew and some of the letters from the sign uh, fell off and it just left it saying, us only. And there's churches that get like that, us only, and they forget about evangelism uh, or they forget about uh, preaching and standing for the truth. Man, some people, the Bible talks about truth being trodden in the street. If it means reaching somebody, buddy, they'll tear out half this Bible. <laughs> I mean, you know, and they'll, they'll expect God to thank them for it. Uh, no, man, listen, we need to stay balanced, amen, in our approach, just like I believe Epaphroditus had a balance. I think about Nehemiah. You remember him? He was a man who rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem back in the Old Testament. 
But what the Bible says is he would work with a sword in one hand and a trial in the other hand. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 17. You can't build with the sword nor battle with a trial. But it takes both to get the Lord's work accomplished. And so I think that's a great illustration of uh, what it means to be balanced. Not only was he a balanced Christian, but I want to say that he was also a burdened Christian. A burdened Christian. This is under his, him being trusted with the ministry. Uh, verse 26, the Bible says, For he longed after you all, and that he was full of heaviness. Now mark those words there, full of heaviness. Mark them, circle them, highlight them. Because that he had heard that, because ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. And uh, so we see that he was burdened. Epaphroditus had a genuine concern for other people. To begin with, he was concerned about the Apostle Paul. When he heard that, that Paul was in Rome as a prisoner, he volunteered. He said, there's a need. Listen, I don't care who you are. It's not convenient to own foot uh, or even with some other means of transportation, just to say, you know what, I'm going to leave Tallahassee, Florida, and I'm going to Anchorage, Alaska to help someone else. That's not very convenient, much less in the ancient world to where he was doing a whole lot of walking, and he was probably out on the dangerous seas crossing over uh, into uh, Rome and so forth. But the, the point is this. He heard there was a need, and he says, I'll go. Somebody says, are you sure it's dangerous? I'll go. Uh, somebody says, wait, do you not know what's going on in Rome? Do you know what Nero's doing, starting to do to Christians over there? He said, is there a need? I'll go. I'm going to make a difference. He cared. So uh, to, to, in order to affect, be, be trusted with the ministry, we need to be balanced, but we need to be burdened. He heard there was a need. He volunteered to make that long, dangerous trip to stand at Paul's side and assist him. And he carried the church's love gift with him, protecting it with his own life. You know, we started off talking about this a little bit, but one of the great things that we should be known for as Christians is love. You know what the Bible says in 1 John 3, 14? The Bible says we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Man, we learn a lot about love when we look at Epaphroditus and when we look at Timothy and Paul, when we look at these first century Christians. I tell you, I believe we're learning some about love now as well, but loving one another. Uh, John 13, verse 35, the Bible says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. I want you to pause just for a second right there. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. The, by, by some of the teaching and preaching I've heard sometimes, they complete that sentence in a different way. This is what people know. This is how people know you're a Christian. You know what Jesus said? He said, they'll know you're my disciples if ye have love one to another. We need to love one another, people. Uh, our church has today been trusted with the ministry, making a difference. Man, we're not going to do it without love. Our churches today need men and women who are burdened, burdened for one another, caring about one another's needs. Hey, we need men and women that are burdened for missions. 
But see, sometimes we can almost excuse ourselves. I believe in missions giving. I want to support so many missionaries and mission works. And uh, man, God's blessed us with a church that wants to give to missions. And, uh, and that's such a blessing. Man, we need to keep that up. But see, it's not just about having a burden. Sometimes we think of missions as something far away and we forget that missions is also across the street. I feel like we should be reminded of that right now. But missions is across the street. It's across town. It's across the states. There's missions, but a burden for missions. Uh, but think about those that are serving on the foreign field in missions. Someone once said this, the problem in our churches is that we have too many spectators and not enough participants. Too many spectators, not enough participants. Man, it's great to be a, a spectator and cheer on our missionaries. We should do that. Pray for them. But man, help us to get in the game. Amen. Roll our sleeves up. Be willing to get our hands dirty and make a difference. Uh, minister, I love this about Epaphroditus. He was not simply willing to contribute to that offering, but I believe he gave himself to carry that offering. Interesting, isn't it? In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, this, is a, this verse references the churches of Macedonia, of which Philippi would be one of these. And it says this, And this they did, talking about giving to a need, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So he was trusted. He was trustworthy. He was trusted with the money, the message, the ministry. He was trusted with uh, the ministry in that he had a balance. He had a burden. But then also he was trusted with malady. With malady. That's not a word we use very often, but it means sickness, illness. As we've already read, he was a sick man. He just about died. But he was selfless in his suffering. This is pretty cool. I told you earlier to mark those words full of heaviness. Now, the Bible says he was full of heaviness, but when you read this verse, it says, because that ye had heard that he had been sick. Why was he so burdened? Because he says, oh no, word has got back to the church that I'm sick. They're going to be worried. It's going to be an extra burden on them. They're going to feel like, man, his blood is on our hands maybe if he dies on this trip that we sent him on, even though he willingly went. But he's burdened for them. So he's selfless in our suffering. You said, how can we be trusted with suffering? How can we be trusted with illness? Let me tell you something. If you have illness, if you have suffering, if you have trouble, God is trusting you with that. And he's trusting you to trust him to see what he can do in your life. Because I'm telling you, that's what God did in Epaphroditus. That's what He did in the Apostle Paul. And what we find out is that His burden was not for Himself. And we know, and you know, if you're going through a hard time, it's easy just to focus on your problems, isn't it? And your own self. We know that. It's human nature. But God help us to have the spirit of Epaphroditus that says, you know what, I'm going to look out for somebody else. I'm not going to be just so self-absorbed about my problems. I'm going to think about the needs of others. See, when the Bible says there that he was full of heaviness, that's the same word used of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Ain't that something? It means to be in deep anguish, depression, 
But his depression and his anguish was over others, not over himself. But I do want to say this, even when we get into a place of anguish and depression, which if it is focusing on ourselves and self-pity, even through that, God's able to deliver us and bring us through that and teach us something along the way. But Epaphroditus knew the meaning of sacrifice and service. He had a serious sickness. And when the Bible says there, not regarding, in verse 27, it says not regarding his own health or his own life. That, that not regarding is one very picturesque Greek word, meaning hazarding or gambling. He hazarded his life. It's as if he gambled uh, his life. He put it all on the table when he went to serve the Lord. Now, as a result of all this, he was trustworthy, but I'm telling you, he also received tribute. And that's what we see in verses 28 through 30 of Philippians chapter 2. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. So Paul was hate, going to hate to say goodbye to Epaphroditus, but he said, man, when you see him, I know you're going to rejoice to see him. And then he says this, Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. We see his reward. Hold him in reputation, because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his own life, to supply your lack of service toward me. I just want to say something about that last sentence and then I'll get back to making the point about his reward. To supply your lack of service toward me, this was not a shot right here. This was not Paul's way of being passive aggressive or aggressive or something. What he was just simply saying is this, man, I have missed all of you and the big, biggest thing I've missed is seeing your faces. He was not complaining at all. What he's saying was he came and it, it took up the slack. I've been missing you, but seeing him made me complete. Man, it completed that longing that I've had for you. It's not complaining, but, but notice this. Receive him, therefore, and the Bible says, receive him and hold him in reputation. You know, I'll say this. I believe it'd be a tragedy to go through life and not be a blessing to someone. Epaphroditus was a blessing to Paul. He stood with him in the prison experience and did not prevent, permit even his own sickness to hinder his service. Paul admonishes the church to honor him because of his sacrifice and service. Epaphroditus sacrificed himself with no thought of reward. And Paul encouraged the church to hold him in honor. Now, the key there is this. We ought not go out seeking honor and seeking reward, seeking praise. We ought to just be out there saying, man, I just want to do my best for Jesus. I just want to make a difference in somebody else's life. But if we're willing to do that, I'm telling you, God's watching, amen, and He will reward your faithfulness, amen. God, God, uh, uh, God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you for that which you do for Him. He was a blessing to Paul. He was a blessing to his own church. And he's a blessing to us today because he proves to us the, the joyful life is a life of service. The joyful life is a life of sacrifice. And that the submissive mind really does work. 
Paul took Timothy and, uh, and, and, and with Epaphroditus, he used these men to encourage us to submit ourselves to the Lord and to one another in the Spirit of Christ. Christ is the pattern we follow. Paul shows us the power. Timothy and Epaphroditus show us the proof that it can be done. Amen? But there's a reward. And I'm telling you, man, we ought to, somebody says you ought to give people their flowers while they're living. Man, we ought to bless and encourage and rejoice with those that are making a difference. Let folks know you appreciate them. Amen? I mean, listen, the kindness and appreciation cost nothing. Amen? And as we close this evening, I want to think about this just for a moment. I want to think about the difference maker. Amen? The whole goal is us being different makers. You know why we want to be difference makers? Because Jesus said that we ought to be. We ought to follow His example. He's the difference maker. See, Jesus, Epaphroditus took a 4,600 mile journey. Jesus took a longer journey than that. From the throne of heaven to the womb of a virgin. From heaven to earth. He risked it all. He gave it all. He laid it all down. Why? To make a difference in your life. To bless you. To save you for all eternity. And let me tell you this. He made the hard part of the journey. Jesus has come all this way. And now, this evening, He's come to you to hear this message. He's come to you to speak to your heart. All the way He's journeyed. And in comparison, your part is fairly easy. All you, must, all you must simply do is, while God's working on your heart, would you be willing to call on Him today? The Bible says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Would you be willing from your heart right now, if you do not know the Lord, to bow right now in this moment and to say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. Lord, come into my heart and life and be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you for coming all this way to make a difference in me. Help me, Lord, in turn to make a difference for you. In Jesus' name. Did you pray that prayer? Pray, the words in the end of themselves may not make a big difference, but if you can pray a prayer like that from your heart, with sincerity, the Lord has promised He'll hear you. Amen. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Well, until next time, uh, on Sunday we'll be on again. But in between that time and now, make a difference. Amen. Make a difference for Him.